Good morning, everyone. Friends, I don't have my watch on. That's dangerous for you guys. Now I can't keep track of myself. <laughs> Uh-oh. So my friends, uh, looking at our first reading from the book of Genesis, uh, we hear a story about Abram. And in Abram's time, as well as in Jesus' time, and even current time, hospitality, food and water, and that is extremely important, extremely important. And uh, uh, it would be considered rude and obnoxious not to have hospitality uh, for strangers or friends. So we're hearing a story um, about three strangers who suddenly come upon Abraham. Um, and these three strangers, in Old Testament language, uh, this we would understand as Yahweh, God, Yahweh the Lord, and two companions. But in Christian speak, this is the Trinity. It is Father Son, and Spirit who are visiting them. And uh, uh, Abraham doesn't know this, of course. He doesn't understand that it... Well, Abraham doesn't understand it's God at the time. And he certainly doesn't... They don't understand uh, the concept of the Trinity. Um, and uh, they... Uh, Abraham instinctively shows hospitality. He didn't even have to think about it. He, it just was part of who he was. And he showed this great hospitality in the Lord God rewards, if you will, this hospitality with good news for him. And uh, I can only imagine uh, what he must have been thinking when one of them says, I will return in a year, and your wife, who she was very old already at that time, as it was Abraham, will have a son. And uh, this was the good news for him. In our second reading, uh, Paul uh, is a minister of the good news, and uh, he is giving it to the Gentiles, letting them know about the salvation that has been won by Jesus Christ, and that he is suffering for them. People sometimes get confused. There's no lacking in what Jesus did. There's no lacking in his sacrifice. There's no lacking in his. Paul is like, the body of the Lord, you, the church, this is how we talk. Paul is already beginning to speak that way. The body is lacking something. Uh, not Jesus himself, but his church, which is also referred to the body of Christ on earth. So he's saying, I'm going to suffer for you now. And uh, in our gospel, we have a very famous uh, setting. Uh, the scene is Martha and Mary. And they welcome Jesus and, well, Martha does, actually, welcome, welcomes Jesus into her home. And classically put, and I want to do this because I'm going to give you a warning. I'm going to, in my homily, give you a theoretic, um, a speculative way of understanding the scripture. So I'm going to first address it by its classical understanding, what we call classical exegesis. Uh, it is often presented as a contrast between contemplated prayer and works in ministry. And a lot of times Mary and Martha are contrasted with each other. Um, but I don't, uh, and that's true, absolutely. Um, and what we're seeing from just a literal read of it, uh, um, Mary is quiet and gives attention to the Lord, uh, and Martha uh, does not something that's unimportant. She's doing actually something that is very good. Um, it is just that Jesus says that Mary has chosen in this moment something more important. And uh, in this instance, it's not a choice between uh, something bad or something good, but something good and something better. And... Uh, all I have to do is point out the parable of the great feast, Luke 14, 15 through 25, or in uh, 
Matthew's gospel is called the wedding feast, and there Jesus uh, tells a parable, and he invites people to come to the banquet. And they said, oh, I, I'm really busy right now. I have to go get my, feed my cow. Uh, I have to go bury my, my family member. Uh, I have to attend to my business. Now, these are not bad things. These are good things. But in the parable, Jesus is saying there was something better that should have been chosen in that moment. So this is why I'm bringing this up with you. Um, this is, I believe, what is happening. We should also, uh, has been said, um, that work, meaning ministry, without prayer becomes meaningless. And uh, prayer without works or actions to back it up seems hollow. So taking into these things, I'm going to give you the body of my homily. And uh, remember last week, Luke is positioning this story, particularly, uh, it may not be chronological, in chronology, it may not be accurate, may not, this may have not be Friday, but he's using it for a purpose that happened, but it may not be happening exactly the way how he's put it into its sequence. And uh, I say this because la uh, the story before this is the Good Samaritan, and it talks about a man uh, who, out of instinct, out of just great love, what we know as has said, does something. And Luke I believe, is positioning this story, uh, and he's showing Martha, who is a female, doing the same thing. She's very busy about doing something, and she's not even really thinking about it. She's doing it. I think that's one of the things that's going on um, also. Uh, what will follow this is Jesus is teaching on prayer. And so we see Mary. Mary is doing something. Uh, and this is where the contemplative peace comes in. But also what you should know is that um, what follows is the crucifixion. This is coming. Jesus is not coming back to them. So there's something else going on. There's more than just, if you will, contrast between prayers and work. It's something different, I believe. And here's where I'm going to present to you my speculation about what it is and allow you, and I'm trying to use scriptures to show you now, my friends, from Deuteronomy 8.3, Luke 4.4, 4, and Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus there, uh, in Luke's gospel, Matthew, he's making reference to Deuteronomy, and he says, not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord shall man live. So, my friends, knowing this, um, remember, Martha and Mary are sisters. Uh, their brother is Lazarus, and we know of Lazarus. Uh, Jesus loved Lazarus. They were best friends of some, and this would be true of Martha and Mary. They lived in Bethany near Jerusalem, and Jesus knew them very, very well. And this would not have been the first time he came to their home. He probably was at their home often on his travels. We know that Lazarus um, is a disciple of Jesus, as is Martha and Mary. One of the visits of our Lord is spoken about today in the gospel. And the story comes right after, as I said, giving uh, where Luke presents the parable of the Good Samaritan. Likely today's story happens to guide and balance the teaching of the Good Samaritan on the one hand. Um, and we see the story of Abraham. Abraham automatically, he doesn't have to think, he doesn't even think about the law. The law says, I must. Abraham just shows great hospitality. Good Samaritan did the same thing. He didn't say uh, the law 
commands that I help this person who's been beaten up. He just does it. Martha, uh, while there is a culture of hospitality, she just does it. We are told Martha is very busy preparing a meal in the house, and Martha is the forward of the two sisters. Um, and I don't say that in a mean way. Uh, Martha is the one that is present when her brother dies at the funeral and Jesus is late. You know, he's, he would have taken him hours to get there, but he's a couple days late. And uh, when he arrives, Martha says, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And that's why I said she's the forward. Of the two sisters, she's very forward. In a good way, not in a bad way. Um, so here, Martha is concerned, uh, she seems to be concerned with this uh, hospitality piece and is conscious, I think, of its requirements, especially for someone like Jesus. Not only is he uh, a rabbi, he's a well-known rabbi now at this point, and they're best friends, so she's really going to go out there. Um, but our gospel drops a hint that Martha maybe went too far with this. Uh, the legitimate concerns of hospitality uh, turned into fussiness. And uh, when it notes that she was burdened with many things, is what it tells us. So we're always looking for the cues. She was burdened with, Mary thi with many things. In all likelihood, uh, I'll put this forward to you, that a simple meal would have been sufficient to fulfill the requirements of hospitality. And on this informal occasion, uh, because Jesus had been there before. But Martha was not having any of that. All her fussing and fretting seemed to make her cranky um, because she interrupts the Lord in his speaking. He's talking. Mary is at his feet. That is a place where the person is there to listen. So she is listening. So Martha interrupts Jesus. Um, Martha seems to scold both of them. Lord, don't you care that my sister is just sitting there doing nothing? And in my head, I can automatically see it. You know, your pastor's a little nutty. That the, I can see her standing in the doorway with her hand on her hip. Lord, excuse me. <laughs> and then he goes further, tell her to help me. And uh, the Lord's response, uh, he tells Martha, she is troubled by many things. Woman, you've got all kinds of things going on here. And, uh, but you are not concerned with the one thing that is necessary in this moment. And Mary seems to be. She has the better part. He didn't say, you have chosen the wrong. He just said, Mary has the better. She's chosen better. The better part is Mary's only consuming concern. And, um, and our Lord said that it shall not be taken from her. So um, what is this better part? And as I said, uh, the classical understanding of this gospel says that uh, Martha represents activity and ministry or good works. And Mary represents prayer and contemplation. And it is not a contrast between them. We need both. Both of them, they, I see it as a complementary thing going on, not a contrast. Uh, both of them are needed, as I opened up with. Um, if you do works without prayer in ministry, it seems meaningless. And if you go about um, praying, but you don't back it up with something, doing something, uh, it seems to be hollow. And um, 
However, after our Lord's parable, the Good Samaritan, we would do well to look very carefully at the teaching given in this gospel story. Putting it in its context, our Lord is on his way to the holy city, Jerusalem. Uh, he will not be coming back that way again. This is his final visit to them. I want you to understand. This will help you to see how is Father Mark seeing this and understanding it. Uh, so this, his hour of suffering is coming, and he has been telling them this, but they have not been getting it. Given what we know about his time in the Garden of Gethsemane, we are told he was filled with such anxiety that blood came out of his body the way when he was sweating. And so he had anxieties. He was troubled. He was under duress. And this didn't seem visible to anyone. But I believe it became visible to Mary. I believe Mary picked up. Something's wrong with my friend. My friend is here and something is wrong. Martha is too absorbed in the details of the meal. And she does not pick up on the fact that Jesus is probably troubled. Now, my friends, uh, this preparing of this big meal, and, uh, and she's not showing off. I mean, she's actually trying to do something that is expected. Um, neither of these things is likely of great importance to our Lord at this moment, meaning the meal. And that's why I said, when he, I remember when he quotes Deuteronomy, not by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And it is God that is there with them. I know they don't quite understand it, but that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He is God. So he's speaking to her. We don't know what he's talking about. I wonder if he's talking about what is about to happen. He's sharing with her, I'm going and I'm going to die. Do you understand? She seems to understand as she's at his feet, being attentive to him, listening. And while she cannot undo, she cannot change what's going to happen, she can be there. I'm your friend. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what's happening. She listens to him speak. No, we don't know what exactly he's saying, but I'm using these other scripture pieces to speculate about what he's probably talking about with her. He could be speaking about other things, absolutely. Or he may be expressing what is about to happen in Jerusalem regarding him. And Mary listens with what we can presume is sensitive understanding and compassionate love. And this is also a form of hospitality, ministry of presence to someone where you just show up and you listen. This is the better part, I believe, in this moment. And Mary has chosen it, and Jesus will not take it from her. It is a form of hospitality and attention that Jesus needed, as much as we can say need of our Lord. He needed this. I say this because our King and our Savior and our world Savior the messenger of God spoke great words of love 
and his message fell on deaf ears for the most part. He called humanity to share in his divine life, and most of humanity declined. And he was left standing in immense isolation. Are you sure about that, Father? Go and read on Calvary. Go and read his words. So yes. So even in that moment, uh, as he's going there, he is feeling the isolation already. And I believe Mary picked up that something was wrong. Mary is the example of the great exception to the world's lack of interest and love in him. She chooses the better part in that moment. She becomes then a model of our listening to the very word of God. Listening to the pain of Christ and the pain of others. Ministry of presence to someone. And responding appropriately. With what? One's heart. With one's heart. So then it becomes about knowing what to do and when to do it. And so, my friends, as we continue at Mass, and last night I said this, and I didn't mean it in a rude way, but um, one of the reasons I say what I've been saying is because of when uh, that whole conversation is going on, and Lucas was recording this, and uh, Jesus does not look at Mary and say, you won the spiritual lottery. You chose right. So uh, he's not condemning Martha uh, in that way. Um, he praises her because out of love, out of love, she spends time with him. Out of love, Abraham spent time with the three strangers. Out of love, the Good Samaritan helped the man who was dying in the street. Out of love, Mary stays with Jesus just to listen. And my friends, in just a few moments, we are going to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. And out of love, God is going to give you his very self again. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's going to give you his heart. Be attentive to it. Be attentive to this. Receive the gift. Receive the love. To be attentive to what he is doing for you. My friends, uh, as we we always, you guys are very generous with St. Vincent de Paul and uh, uh, I know that you'll be generous and I ask you to pray about supporting them financially, uh, but uh, Knowing they were, they were going to make an appeal this weekend, I saw the scriptures. and um, St. Vincent de Paul does both Martha and Mary in their work. Mary, because the Vincentians, they go and they spend time with the people, or the people come to them and they actually sit and listen to them. They present their heart to them. And they also do what Martha does. They actually do something then with it. So I commend St. Vincent to Paul 
uh, uh, for being both Martha and Mary and knowing exactly how to do that. Um, and so I hope you will support them with your prayers, but also financially, so they may continue the ministry here in Gig Harbor uh, to those who are uh, in need. 